0: back, you horror-hungry humans.
1: You know by now who's here to feed your fear? It's me, the (gasps) cryptkeeper! Greetings from the pumpkin patch and welcome fellow Halloweeniacs to the jack lantern Press podcast on the Weird Network where we discuss monsters and Halloween. My name is Michael Piccarella. And my name is Tom Picarella. Tonight's episode, the EC Archives. Oh, hello, creeps. What you just heard there was a clip from the 1990s TV series Tales from the Crypt. That's because tonight Tom and I will be talking about the source material for Tales from the Crypt, and that's the EC Archives, which is Dark Horse Comics' reprints series of the classic EC comic books from the 1940s and 50s. These comics include titles like The Haunt of Fear, The Vault of Horror, Weird Science, and of course, Tales from the Crypt. I brought up these books during the last couple episodes of the show. Having put them on my Franken-Claus list for Christmas and getting them. Well, actually, I got them before Christmas as an early gift. But, uh, Tom, you put some on your Franken-Claus list for Christmas. And you got some for Christmas and on your birthday. But, basically, tonight, the two of us have, uh, or we're going to be talking about these things. We've been digging into them since Christmas, enjoying them. Um, and maybe wanting something a little more from them. But um, yeah, we're going to we're going to talk about these books and uh, talk about what we may still want. Um, but first, uh, before we get into all that, Tom, is there anything you wanted to say from the onset about these books? Some some initial thoughts about them?
0: Well, I think I think at first, you know, when you brought them up, obviously the cover, the covers and, and just the 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 style, I think, of these, they just looked neat. I wasn't a hundred percent sure because you know how sometimes, you know the way that the comics are right now. You know they're so detail oriented. They I think they focus more on pictures rather than you know the stories. Um, right. You know right. I don't know if that's like one hundred percent true to to you know all comics you know nowadays. But you know when you when you go on Amazon, which is where we purchase most of these, um, which I think is where we put purchased all of them. Uh, when I went yeah, on Amazon and I was well,
1: initially ranking clause, I don't Bill, know if you yeah, got them yeah, from Amazon, Frankenclaws, but... actually that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I,
0: I mean, honestly, when, when I went in and, and I originally started, you know, looking at, you know, just the inside of, of some of these, I wasn't a hundred percent sure that I was going to be absolutely pumped on it. Uh, but then I got it and and then it it all changed from there, but we'll go into that later. But yeah, Yeah. no, I, I, I got, I got a couple from, from Frankenclaws and then turned around and got really excited and, you know, started ordering more.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you got one for dad. I got, I got a weird science one for dad. Matt sent me a Christmas gift. So I sent him a tales from the crypt. For his Christmas gift so yeah I feel like it's a good gift to give for Halloween lovers horror lovers but uh, yeah I'm I if you're ready I'm ready to to get started yeah all right well without further ado let's go ahead and do that let's dig in all right so I I didn't want to do, like, a full history of EC Comics. I really wanted to kind of just... You and I, Tom, we were having a discussion, a few phone calls about... Kind of as we were reading these things, our impressions of them. And I wanted to, to do more of that than to do a history of EC. But the history of EC is really cool. And it is worth um finding that story so one you can there there are a couple documentaries both of them are on youtube one of them is a tales from the crypt kind of ec comics documentary it was on the first disc of the tales from the crypt dvd this documentary is called tales from the crypt from comic books to television, it came out in 2004, and it has interviews from like John Carpenter, the filmmaker, uh, R.L. Stein, the the children's horror author of Goosebumps, and many other people, Al Feldstein, and and what you know, one of the creators of Tales from the Crypt, talks a, lo- a lot about uh, Bill Gaines and his story, how he got into comic books, even though he was not interested at all in them how EC Comics became what it was with their horror comics, where they came from, where they went, and how, uh, basically, (laughs) EC became Mad Magazine, and that was all they had. That kind of was what saved them. But that story is definitely worth getting into. So in the show notes, uh, we will include two links, one link to that documentary, and then there's a YouTube video from... Uh, the Secret Galaxy YouTube channel. And this guy, this one's called Tales from the Crypt Keeper. Um, this, uh, oh, sorry, it's called The Story of Tales from the Crypt Keeper. And it's a cool history of the cartoon. But it, it does touch on EC Comics. It touches on the Tales from the Crypt TV series. Toys. And various other things, the the movies that came out, uh, Demon Night, Bordello of Blood, and and a few other things. Both of those are very good, not too long histories. But Tom, I think you had a, a few things you did want to say about the the history of of EC. Yeah,
0: I mean, I w- I went online and and sort of just gathered up a um like a three paragraph thing. It's more of like a summary of the EC archives. And it starts, it says, EC Comics was published, was a publisher of comic books and magazines that was active from the 1940s to the 1950s. The company was known for its horror, science fiction, and crime comics, which were often characterized by their graphic content and social commentary. EC Comics was founded by Max Gaines, who had previously been involved in the production of All-American Comics and National Comics, which was later known as DC Comics. Later, his son Bill Gaines took over and created some of the most famous EC Comic titles, which include Tales from the Crypt, The Vault of Horror, The Haunt of Fear, and Weird Science, like you had stated previously. I'm going to mess this word up. but So, EC Comics was known for its graphic violence and gore, as well as its, and how do you pronounce that word, sat sat. Oh, satirical, yeah. Satirical. Yeah, so well-known for its satirical approach to storytelling. The company's comics were controversial at the time, and they were eventually targeted by the Comics Code Authority, a self-regulatory body that was created in response to public concerns about the content of the comics. EC Comics eventually ceased publishing in the 1950s, but its legacy lived on through the many horror and science fiction comics that it inspired. And one of the things and the reason that I wanted to read this sort of summary is that, you know, in in the at the very beginning of each one of these these comic books, they had a big story about, you know, what happened, um, Max Gaines being being the dad there. Bill Bill Gaines, uh, he didn't want to have Anything to do with this with this comic book shop at all. He did not want to be involved with EC Comics. And uh, he wanted to do something different. And I think that's when he, he sort of wanted to convert it maybe into his own little thing. And then him and, um, what was the other guy's name? Um, Al Feldstein. Feldstein. I don't know why I keep forgetting his name. But both of those guys definitely made what it is today or what it was at that time and they made a lot of good content
1: uh in in that introduction which it's the same introduction in all the books at least all the ones that I have it was saying that Bill Gaines was studying to be a chemistry teacher yeah and he kind of and and, well the other thing too was his dad was saying he would never mount to anything amount to anything and and bill was like he said he hated the comics but i guess his dad died uh it was kind of a surprise death and so he you know kind of like michael corleone and the godfather he kind of just took over the reins you well know? no his
0: mom his mom wanted him to take over and she pushed him basically said you you need to take this over and they were in debt by you know, with like a I think they had a debt of like a hundred thousand dollars or something. I think it was in one of those documentaries. And so he went into this failing sort of comic shop because they not only did they have all the debts, but but they, you know, they were selling, you know, comic books and whatnot still, but uh he just wanted to change it up and I think what he ended up
1: doing with it was crazy. I think the the and other he, crazy. He put the company in the black too. That was the other thing. Is he actually this kid who his dad said wouldn't amount to anything? Actually took the comic book company and put it in the black and made it. I think they said this. It was they were the second most popular comic books next to Superman. Only if I remember yeah. correctly.
0: Yeah. No, that that's
1: exactly what it was.
0: And I I just thought it was so interesting. You know, when when I just read, it was like a, like maybe a page, page and a half of, you know, story that's at, like I said, the, it's the same story at the beginning of every one of these reprints. And right now, as of this episode, you can only get volumes one and two of each version of of this. So like the Vault of Horror, the uh, the Haunt of Fear, and uh like weird science and tales from the crypt they only have the first two volumes out right now and i believe are there
1: two for weird science as well
0: i i believe so i don't have the second one um yeah
1: i just have the first of those
0: i just have the first of those and then i got i have the first of everything and the second of everything except weird science
1: Yeah, and it's pretty cool because in addition to that introduction, they'll have forwards, and those are the ones that are different. So from the first Tales from the Crypt, there's a forward by John Carpenter. George Lucas does the first Weird Science. R.L. Stein does the first Vault of Horror. And uh, Robert England, who played Freddy Krueger, he did the first Haunt of Fear. And then Joe Dante does the second Tales from the Crypt. and So it's like all these people who were inspired...
0: you got uh, John Landis who does the uh, uh, cool the Vault of Horror, the uh, Volume Two, and then Tim Sullivan who does the forward for uh, Volume Two of The Haunt of Fear.
1: Nice. Yeah, so, I, mean, I mean these it, are all people who were inspired by these comics, and there are so many more. Obviously Stephen King and George Romero who did Creepshow, which is. For anyone who's seen that and knows tales from the crypt in these EC comics, know that that was a huge inspiration uh, for for you know from from EC. So they were definitely inspired to do Creepshow and so well, many was- others. I mean, Goosebumps is a direct descendant of EC huge. comics for sure.
0: Well, even in in the in the in the forward for Goosebumps, that that one was the one that that really took off for me and. And I think that was the, the Vault of Horror Volume 1, which is that that's the one that I grabbed first. And I figured, you know what, I'm just going to start reading that one and just take them all and go through that whole thing before I start some of the others. Now, eventually I ended up bouncing all around and there's a reason for that that we'll get into later. But R.L. Stein wrote this forward on on the the Vault of Horror and it really got me excited about this. Uh, so, you know, I opened up the book, it was pouring down rain here, I was off, and, you know, I opened the book up, and I, and I read first the, the history of, of actual, you know, Bill Gaines and, and all that sort of stuff in EC, and then went into this forward, and it was R.L. Stein's talking about how he was at a, uh, a barber shop, and waiting to get his hair cut, and sort of just waiting, you know, for everybody that, you know, was there before him. And he went over to the table and these EC comics were there and uh, and he, start, he started reading them and he said he was so stoked about it that he didn't even want to get called on so he took these comics and he went over by the coat rack and he sat down on the floor and was sitting there reading these comics. Now, interesting enough, and it's not in Volume 1 of The Vault of Horror, but it's in it's in volume uh, two of the Vault of Horror. There is a comic in there called The Mask of Horror. And I wanted to start reading it because I've always liked the version that R.L. Stein did uh, where, you know, the girl puts the mask the on. The Haunted
1: Mask. I, yeah, yeah.
0: The Haunted Mask is... And the girl, you know, goes to that shop and she puts a mask on because, you know, um, she wanted to be terrifying and whatnot. And then at the end, basically, and here's a spoiler for anybody who's listening that hasn't read it, is that she couldn't get the mask off um, at the end. Well, this story that I read in The Vault of Horror, which was obviously done way earlier, called The Mask of Horror this one was almost the same thing there's this this older guy who is going to like a masquerade and he he goes to this mask horror shop walks in there and this guy said you know hey we're busy we're about to close and the guy was being pushy and so he's like I just need a mask and so the guy says well you know my masks are masks that that um, show the true personality of of the person, and then he puts he you know he buys this mask that he doesn't know because the owner basically just put it in a box and handed it to him, and uh, and then he goes off, and as he's walking out with this box in his hand, he bumps into this woman who's in a red dress but doesn't really think anything of it. He goes home and I guess he has like this nagging wife that you know, just their relationships not working out, he wants to basically get a divorce, and so he he leaves his wife at home, because she wasn't feeling like going to this masquerade thing, so he goes there, and he's sitting down there, and he's got, he put this mask on, which was a super ugly looking like skeletal mask, and He's sitting there, and this guy says, hey, let me introduce you to this other girl who ha- who has this obscure mask on. You know, you guys would be perfect together. And so he goes over, and he meets... He's introduced to this girl that he basically bumped into who also went into that mask store, and they both had these weird masks on. Like, he had one that was, was kind of looking like a Tales from the Crypt sort of guy, and she had one on that looked like a witch. And so... They talked all night and they basically were were sitting there, you know, getting along really well and they're like, "Man, you know, I just love you and 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 I can't wait for the masquerade to be over because, you know, once it's over we can unmask ourselves and see each other, you know, in person." So they went to this like little secluded area after everything was over and they went to go unmask and when they did that when they took the mask off they still continued to look like what the mask was in the
1: front (laughs) and so i think in the in the haunted mask in rl stein if i remember the mask like became part of the person's face yeah i I don't know if it was stuck or it actually it was it was
0: stuck she couldn't get it off
1: yeah okay
0: at least that's what i remember um i read the the book as well as when they they also have it on one of the tv um, series. streaming stations yeah yeah but it was just it was so neat to have have already read the rl stein i thought rl stein that was an original writing and and it wasn't i mean here it was pulled from from these comic books and then one more that i really want to mention just cuz like i said i started really getting excited about these in the Vault of Horror, there was another comic at the very beginning. And I'm pretty sure you read this one. The Wax one? Yeah, Portrait in Wax. Portrait in Wax, uh, yeah. By Johnny Craig. And so, as soon as I started reading that, I was like, Oh, man, this is reminding me of the House of Wax with Vincent Price. And of course, it was almost identical maybe a little bit of a difference in the comic book as opposed to the house of wax which these came out in the 40s 50s and that that i believe came out either
1: 52 or 53 so they clearly I can't remember took Didn't we look at it it was a ab- few years few years different i thought i'll have to look it up came- but
0: it was it, it was just i don't know i don't know what it was uh there was just something about it that that it it just started bringing me back to the classics which obviously these comic books are classics but it was just so neat how like all classic of a sudden horror there was a movies? reference
1: point classic yeah. Mo- yeah the classic monster movies. i was going to ask you what how come you did, was there a reason you chose to to read the vault of horror first cuz i actually read tales from the crypt first oh did you i i don't know what it was
0: uh just real quick the house of wax was in 1953 so this comic came out before 1953. I think it was even earlier. I think it was 1950 when this was done and then they yeah, obviously April, made the House May of, of
1: 1950. That Yeah. That was uh yeah, Johnny Craig, April April and May of 1950 this one. The that one came out. I
0: I don't I don't I don't know why. I think it was just because you know how when we watched uh like um uh, abbott and costello meets frankenstein and they go into the 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 house of horrors and there's like it was almost like going down into a, like this vault i don't know there yeah. was something about the title the vault of horror yeah, that just got me excited plus the cover was neat where this guy's like digging up this grave and these hands are coming out of the ground it just it looked neat and so yeah. i was it, it that was why i started know-
1: I actually have some reprint comics, actual comic books. I have a vault of horror. I have a, um, a haunt of fear, but I don't have a tales from the crypt. So that was actually why I started reading tales from the crypt first. But it's funny cause <laughs> that one has another guy in front of a, uh, Uh, in front of a grave and there's a dude coming out of it pulling him under that was uh and then i've been i was going back and forth between that and the weird science and then i started picking out stories here and there between the different ones but i mostly was focusing on tales from the crypt but i was going to ask you or what i was thinking is like to talk about the pros of uh, like what are what what we really dig about these things and then maybe go into Uh, later go into what we feel was missing so like for me and I brought this up on one of our previous episodes when I brought up these books for me one of the things that really stands out is the storytelling and there there are a lot of comic books that I remember reading as a kid and then even reading when I got older where it was great artwork but the stories were just kind of lame the dialogue was never that great and I can't say which ones, you know, I don't really remember. I mean, I read a lot of superhero comics. I read, like, crime comics. But I always felt that the stories were never that great, even though some of the artwork was so great and it made me want to, to read more. But, but these stories are so cool. And the way I kind of describe it is, Kind of like when you tell a joke, and I know I said this in one of our last episodes, but I'm just going to say it again in case people didn't hear it. But the the way like you tell a joke, it's like there's, you know, there's a white guy, a black guy, a Mexican guy and, you know, the white guy goes in first and the black guy goes. So you the, it kind of sets up this pattern and then it'll end like the third guy or or maybe the fourth guy in, in, the, in some cases in these stories is... The punchline, or in this case, the the horrific uh, twist, and so I like that because I think as human beings we like patterns, and we start to see a pattern, and then in many cases, you try to anticipate the joke or the twist. So I feel like these stories do that. So one, we start feeling a pattern and there's like satisfaction in that. And then the twist either surprises us or maybe we guess it. And in many cases, I think because these are older comics and so many movies and stories were inspired by these that I kind of knew the twist, but it still didn't, it was still satisfactory when that twist came. So there were a few of them. I won't spoil which stories, but there were a few stories where it's like, okay, I kind of know where this is going. But like I said, it's almost like Titanic. You know you know the, the ship's going to sink at the end or a romantic comedy. You know the couple's going to get together, but it's that dance that you get to watch that's so rewarding. And I feel like these stories, they're so simple in construction but they're so effective and so well told and it just makes them so enjoyable early
0: stories featured standard scare fare, such as mummies vampires and haunted houses gaines and feldstein soon developed their own signature simple tales of good and evil which culminated in an ironic and usually deadly ending
1: Every one of those stories would have a twist. Most of those twists were the just dessert twists. That is, whenever there was a really bad person in these comics, they would indeed get their comeuppance, usually in the same way they were delivering it to others. In one story titled, Taint the Meat, It's the Humanity, a mild-mannered butcher named Zack
0: Grissel tries to boost profits by selling spoiled meat to his unsuspecting
1: customers. Pack your thing, Sarah. We're leaving town.
0: You're in trouble. They found out. I warned you not to sell horse meat.
1: It's worse than that, Sarah. Four people are dead already. I sold them tainted meat. You, you what? You're a murderer. I did it for us, Sarah. For you and me and Junior. Junior? He's eating at Herbie Horton's house. Horton? She bought some of it. I feel sick, Mommy. Junior, baby, mm-hmm. he's dead, Zach. Dead. You killed him
0: too. Our son.
1: Sarah, put down that knife. Good Lord.
0: Tainted me. Tainted me. Anyone?
1: That to me, even though the artwork is so great with cool, cool colors, like I love the colors. These, these. Uh, vibrant colors purples and greens and the way they mix together it's it's so great but the stories
0: well yeah i mean they they definitely took some time in the color the colorization of this because i mean that's one thing one of the pros for me that attracted me the most to this is that the the coloring on these are are really good i also love the size of this and they're not, they're not uh, you know, thin. Like, you're not getting a 30-page deal. You're getting, like, a 200-page, 300-page. Yeah, page, it actually,
1: uh, e- each one of these books has six comic books in it. And they're not all in order. So, Volume 1, no. for example, doesn't have, like, at the actual first Tales from the Crypt and then the second and the third. Like, they skip around. So, I think the first one, I'm trying to look where the heck these these are but it's like i think it's oh here we go volume one contains the crypt of terror because that's what the name was before it became tales from crypt tales from the crypt it has number 17 number 19 and then tales from the crypt oh sorry number 17 18 and 19 and then tales from the crypt number 20 21 and 22 so it's it's not from the very beginning but that's how they they did this order but yeah, I mean, you when you see the the visual style of these, you could definitely see the movies that were inspired by these. The other cool thing was it was in one of the documentaries, they were saying that that Bill Gaines allowed the artists to have their own style, whereas like other comic books they would they would want their artists to mimic a sp- very specific style that was set, and I like that. It's kind of like what Uh, Mad Magazine became which of course was Bill Gaines who made that Uh, every artist had a very unique style and that style was shown in these comics so it's it's really kind of cool so it's not the same exact look from book to book from story to story each one is is pretty unique and and very cool too it's like you kind of anticipate certain artist styles and and, well, you and enjoy them for what they are.
0: Yeah, and I I mean I I'm totally in agreement with you in regards to the story of these. They're definitely well written out. They all make sense. There's no like weirdness to the stories or weird language or anything like that. I mean, obviously and and, and let let me make sure that I make this very clear because I am a comic book reader um even now and and yes, the artwork has definitely improved nowadays, just because a lot of it's digital and and the coloring and and stuff like that. I mean, don't get me wrong, Frank Miller, Al- Alan Moore, Robert Kirkman. I mean, they're some of my favorite comic book writers and and whatnot. They they definitely have great stories, but I'm talking about some of the more modern type stuff where I think there's more of an emphasis and focus on the artwork where people are more invested in having really good artwork rather than crazy stories and I think these people were the complete opposite I think that they they definitely had great artwork but they were also very focused on the stories of these things and it was kind of even a a great all-in-one package it's also very different a different
1: style yeah I um, mean the comic book I think comic book panels have changed greatly. I know if we're talking to comic book people; it's obvious that to them, uh, that paneling has definitely changed. You know, well, these almost, almost entirely panels. gone away. I mean, you have comic books now,
0: or even like The Walking Dead or Invincible and stuff like that, where they have like
1: you know two pages and it's one scene. Um, you yeah. Know, that's very and graphic sometimes- and detailed. Sometimes it's difficult to follow along, or maybe for comic book reader, for avid comic book readers, it's not as difficult. But I know, like Dad and I were talking about it, because he, I, I had sent him a couple new comic books one time, and he was like, "I can't even read the damn thing. You can't follow where where it's going." <laughs> so, oh, see, I, I Sometimes I don't have an some,
0: issue with that, but I do. I, I, I can say that that yes, there, there is that time where you have to know that if there's a kind of like a line that goes to the other bubble, but then there's another bubble underneath it, you still go in the order of where the bubble is, you know, in the comic. I don't have issues with it. I can see that some people might. And if you compare it to the style that even they did back in the day, yes. Because this was very much, you go to this panel, then this panel, then this panel, and and you could follow it very very easily. Whereas they kind of, it looks like they bounce around. But if you are reading the you know the the words that are in the bubble on some of the the more modern comics, um, you focus on that rather than a panel, because a lot of the times they don't even use a panel. Um, but anyhow, I, you know, I I definitely, I. I love these stories. I did start to see some crazy patterns, though, in these stories. And I'm not saying that the stories were not good or anything like that. Because, like I said, one of my favorite pieces of this is the stories. um, And I love the coloring. I love the fact that they have forward the forwards from people that are... Are big people now that were inspired inspired by this? Like I said, like George Lucas and R.L. Stein and 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 whatnot. Uh, I think that that it was fun reading that and then getting into it. Also, with me liking classic movies and a lot of the classic stuff, it's neat being able to see. And I'm not a history buff. As a matter of fact, I absolutely I'm not. I don't really care that much about history. Uh, that's usually you and and uh, and Matt, you guys love the history. I like a lot of tech, but I do actually like being able to sort of, like I was saying earlier, have this reference point like, oh, I, I thought that was an original idea. And then you find out like, oh, well, that was in, you know, this early days comic book uh, that people are sort of stealing from. It's kind of like when, when we started doing stuff on H.P. Lovecraft and all of a sudden you're you're seeing all these movies that are coming out and you're like oh what that's that's a lovecraft story you know and you just see that that point where people were so inspired by that author or the, you know um that then all of a sudden you know you see all this other stuff that you thought was new and original but it really isn't so that that was what i really love about these these comic books
1: and then yeah so as we were reading these we we started kind of hoping for something else and and i know we had this conversation tom on the phone but you you every it's funny because it, i had a couple mess a few messages in a row that i hadn't checked and i listened to them all and one of them was like dude these books are awesome i love this one it's like house of wax rl stein all this cool stuff about monsters and then you were like dude these stories, like, I'm noticing, like, almost every single one of these stories is about someone stealing <laughs> yeah. someone's fortune or inheritance. Well, that's, that's where and,
0: the patterns
1: came in. Yeah, and then, and then, like, the next message, you were like, dude, I'm starting to get really pissed off because <laughs> there's no monsters. It's just crime, and it's like, where's the monsters? Yeah. <laughs> And I totally, I definitely feel the same way because it's it's like what we were talking about on one of the Halloweeniac shows that we did. And something that, I mean, you and I always talked about when we were kids, which is the prime example, Tales from the Crypt, the show you have the opening of the show you're going through this rainy graveyard up to this old haunted house into the house it's all creepy webs and then this cool crypt keeper pops up and laughs all creepy (laughs) and it's like ooh, i love it then you get to the show and there's no monsters and yeah it's a maybe a dark tale of horror but it's you know usually someone who's just getting you know his just desserts or karma for some evil scheme that he had, yeah. and it's like where where the heck are the monsters? And it's like you want you want that haunted house and that crypt keeper and like, absolutely monsters. I want
0: I want zombies popping out and mummies and 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 Dracula vampires. I mean whatever. I mean it it was every single story that I was reading, although it was creative you know, but it, 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 I I don't know, it was, somebody had a fortune, and the, the husband, you know, was cheating on, you know, um, you know, this, with this other girl, and so they had to kill the wife, or vice versa, or, you know, there was a lump sum of money, and they were going to get an inheritance, and, you know, such and such had to kill somebody, so they go mad, and, it, it started becoming this massive pattern, which is one of the reasons why I stopped reading the comics in a row. And so I started bouncing around. Like, I, I started thumbing through the comics a little bit. You were hunting for more,
1: monsters.
0: <laughs> and I was hunting for monsters. And don't get yeah, me wrong, yeah. there there are monsters in here. But even like finally, when I went into one of these guides, and I, it might have been the, the Tales from the Crypt. I, I can't remember which one it was, but it was the one where they, um, it was a vampire and it was a ghost and it was basically in this jungle and, but it turned out to be like the ghost of this woman who was helping the natives and whatnot. And the guy, the, the husband there didn't like, oh, the was natives. that the voodoo one? Yeah. I think it was called zombie. <clears throat> was it zombies? Yeah. So it wasn't vampires, it Something. was zombies and i read that one and i was hoping that maybe there was going to be like a cool sort of monstery type thing but it it sort of was it was a great story but it was really no monster there there was a ghost and i guess you could technically say that's a monster but i don't know i i guess i was looking for more but as i have gone through these It looks like they kept a lot of their crime type stuff at the very beginning and then they start getting into some other like more monstery
1: type stuff towards the ends. In one of the documentaries, or maybe I read it somewhere, they were saying how the earlier comics started with vampires and werewolves and things like that and they gradually started becoming more crime comics. Although they did, they, they were saying that William Gaines would read crime novels and watch tons of movies and so a lot of a lot of the ideas came at from in, inspiration from those so it's like these aren't even totally original i i will say that the weird science stories those are really cool they're almost like twilight zones like the first yeah. one where where the guy keeps shrinking i think that was the first one and there was one where there's a yeah, dream the within a one. dream with yeah, lots of stuff that we've seen. Kind well, the of shrinking seen one was pretty Twilight. cool because he
0: yeah he shrinks down from that science experiment, and then he shrinks down so much that then he's like in this universe of a smaller
1: little universe, it's like another total other yeah, human like a, universe inside yeah. this guy's hand, and he's still and then he becomes a giant strong. in that universe,
0: and then because he's you know constantly shrinking, he then becomes minuscule in that universe and then becomes a giant again and then
1: it just keeps repeating and it was actually it was it was pretty
0: i thought it was neat yeah um,
1: it's very much like twilight zone type feel i mean you could definitely see that you know who knows i don't know if rod serling read these or not and was was into it because that show was in the 60s so he very well could have been inspired by these i don't know i mean Certainly, you oh, know, I Back to the Future, was. Marty Mc, or the, the kid, you know, when 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 Marty McFly goes back into 19 to 1955 and crashes into that barn, that kid has a, basically what would have been an EC comic. It's supposed to be like a weird science. I forget what it was called in the in the movie. But, yeah, it was basically. Yeah, and, I, and I mean, don't get me wrong, though. I mean, these,
0: so these cons that we're bringing up are, are not anything where I would say don't go down and purchase these because they they are absolutely great, which in an, in another episode that we're, Mike and I are going to do, there's something, and, and this is just sort of, you know, maybe people can get excited about this because one of my, you know, favorite authors is Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who, you know, made Sherlock Holmes, but there's, this this is just going to validate why Sherlock Holmes in my opinion should be in the horror category as well as the crime category because they literally in the EC archives uh they're combining horror with crime. And and I I you know we want to really just have a discussion about you know are Sherlock Holmes movies horror, but that would be a different yeah, episode. Or,
1: yeah, for me I was I was going to say like and and this is for that episode but I'm going to push that Sherlock Holmes movies are Halloween movies. And, and i'll have my whole stance when we when we get to that yeah. episode but yeah but i, <laughs> I mean say though i i
0: i have a lot of ways of validating a lot of things about sherlock holmes and it being horror related and whatnot which was if you go back and listen to some of our episodes i have some of the sherlock holmes even even on my top five list but these ec archives <laughs> Just to stick with this it's like episode. one more point, yeah, yeah, it just it just validates in my in my opinion, it validates that when you're reading these stories, all of us the, this crime is in there, murder and and that sort of stuff is is uh is in there, and then it turns out you know it turns out at the end that it's it's not a monster, it's kind of like you know you know the the human that was posing like a monster, a lot of these stories in these e c archives are are based on things like that um which like i said they're still good it's it's not really a con in my opinion that i'm upset about i'm upset because i think my my overall expectation was i wanted more monsters and one of the reasons that that mike and i actually created um the transylvania traveler book was because there's a lot of of things out there that just don't talk about monsters. It's one of the reasons yeah, why. And it's
1: I mean, o Lantern Press. I mean, I, I feel yeah. like it's the reason we started this thing. It, it's so that we could put monsters and Halloween at the forefront of the conversation, and it we didn't want you know a cool opening with the Crypt Keeper, and then it's a crime story. We wanted to basically have it be monsters and Halloween and that's it so all the time. Yeah. Yeah. all yeah, the time. And,
0: I mean, and, and that's, and that's why we made Transylvania traveler. That's why our second season was 100% dedicated to monster Mondays because we want to introduce the world to monsters of what we love and, and the Halloween aspect. I mean, Halloween's always been one of our favorite holidays and, and, uh, it's just, I don't know. I it, yeah, I, I will had say, the expectation,
1: but I still really like these comic books. I will say that when you and I were having the conversations where we were saying, dang, man, I wish there were more monsters, I did go out and get Scary Monsters magazine. And then I got a couple Shudder magazines. And Shudder is kind of like, it's definitely like the EC Comics. And it even has a horror host. But there certainly are, it seems like there are a lot more monsters in these. Like a couple issues that I have, there are definitely monsters in there. Uh, There's kind of a gothic look to many of the covers. And there are gothic, more gothic type stories. But there are certainly a lot of monsters in there. Uh, but, yeah, I'm really digging the Scary Monsters magazine. It's very much like Famous Monsters of Filmland where it, it will kind of curate movies. So, like, for example, this one issue that I got here, it it has it's called the Creatures, Caverns, and Underground Worlds issue. And it kind of talks about how at one time there were these thoughts... In, I think it said in the 1600s there were thoughts that the center of the Earth was hollow, and so that all these theories about the center of the Earth having its own world, and even one theory was that there the sun was there was another sun in the center of the world, and that was the the reason for seeing the the Northern Lights that there was like hole coming out of the Earth causing that light. But there were many stories. That came out of those theories and then those turned into serials from, you know, the early days of, of, uh, of film, you know, a theater going, this, those old serials. And then movies, many movies that had uh, these theories of lost continents and these hollow grounds like Mole Men, you know, there's a whole world of people underground. Uh, so I like, I love that. And they're, they're also in this magazine. They have like interviews with, with creature makers, monster makers, filmmakers. Uh, there are even short stories uh, that, uh, you know, scary stories. So I, I'm really digging this magazine.
0: Yeah. The one, the one that you, you sent me, um, the scary monsters, it, it definitely is more movie related with some stories and whatnot in there. The shutter one to me was probably a little bit more up my alley. It's not in color, but it's black and white comics. Uh I'm I'm probably gonna try to get a a couple of those if I can even get somewhere where they sell that. They don't sell that in my small little town here. I'd have to go to a
1: bigger place, but that looks pretty neat. But there you know, there, there's easy. another magazine it's called horror hound i got that too it's called the gore fans yeah. magazine i'm sure most i've people seen that know one what yeah, i like horror about hound fan
0: stuff like that
1: it's yeah but it has it has horror news toy news uh vhs invasion comic news hound hounds and sounds um, which is kind of like, you know, in this one they talk about the band Guar. But I like that idea of just kind of like what we try and do on this podcast is is find all the different things that have monsters in Halloween. So it's not just movies. You know, we try and talk about games, virtual reality experiences, toys, comics, books, just movies, everything, thing, really shows, cartoons. Yeah, everything that's related to it. And I guess maybe I was kind of hoping... Even though we're going way off base with, you know, not like I expected that to be an EC Comics. But I guess as I started wanting more monsters, you know, and then finding these magazines, I started wanting basically what we've kind of been doing. Although I feel like I would love if we did more on like on the blog itself, if we did more articles on you know monster news whether it be you know talking about movies that come out or games and we kind of do that in our book Transylvania Traveler that book is definitely a celebration of all things Halloween and monsters so we'd bring up you know sound effects albums or or masks and costumes that we had as a kid or or movies books and I think that's the big thing you know having a place or something that has all of that because it is all of that that we so much love, but um, yeah, I guess we're kind of getting a little off track here. <laughs> yeah. So maybe to kind of reel it back in, uh, there are a few things that we did want to bring up um, that's EC related that you can get. Um, one of the things was there was there was a cool pinball machine that came out. Yeah, that it's a thing Tales is from sweet. The crypt. Yeah, we'll leave a link in the show notes for that. In that in that uh, Tales from the Crypt keeper YouTube video, the guy shows a bunch of old merchandise that came out uh, when when Tales from the Crypt keeper was popular. They had the Tales from the Crypt show, the the two movies that came out. There were actually a, a couple Tales from the Crypt movies. Amicus made a Tales from the Crypt, and I, I'm forgetting now what the other anthology film that they made that was uh, based on these. But um, yeah, a lot of cool things that that you can still get figures and toys. A lot of those are on Amazon. Um, you could certainly well, get shirts and. and I mean, I, I was
0: just gonna bring up, and we should we should put these links in the show notes. But you could go to a a place called FrightRags.com, I believe it's Fright-Rags.com, and they have a Vault of Horror T-shirt. Um, oh, they nice. also have the haunt of fear t-shirt and a tales from the crypt t-shirt and these are are not like the tales from the crypt shirt is not you know um what it is today or 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 even more of the modern stuff like this is the the ec look ec archive look um t-shirt so they got like a lot of the old sort of feel to it on there and uh uh, they might be a little spendy. They're they're all around thirty bucks, but uh, I mean they are a pretty sweet looking shirts. So if people are you know start getting into these and they want you know to want to represent, we're not in, affiliated with frightrags.com, but uh, I just I
1: found these and I thought they were really cool. Nice. Oh, one of the things that you had on your notes, Tom was the the ray bradbury the complete ray bradbury ec story so it was pretty oh, yeah. funny in one of the documentaries or an in inner video i saw something they um, bill gaines and al feldstein did a story that i guess was kind of based on a ray bradbury story and ray bradbury actually contacted them and said hey you guys printed this story and i didn't get paid anything and and Bill Gaines said (laughs) yeah Bill Gaines was like well we didn't know how to contact you and whether that's true if he tried contacting him or not who knows but the bottom line is uh Bill Gaines said well we We would love to pay you if you're interested for your stories. And so he did a bunch of stories in EC Comics, which Al Feldstein raves about. He loves that he was able to work with Ray Bradbury and felt that his stories just raised the bar. And so this book, which is still a hardback, I'm hoping it'll go to paperback because I actually prefer the paperback, but it's called The Complete Ray Bradbury EC Stories. Uh, home. To, sorry, it's called Home to Stay: The Complete Rad, Ray Bradbury EC Stories. But we'll we'll give a link to that. Um, but that is definitely one that I want to check out, uh, which should be pretty cool.
0: Yeah. But I uh, mean, that overall, was all the stuff that I had. Was there yeah, anything
1: I, else, Tom? No, I, I
0: I would honestly just say overall I'm very pleased with with the purchases that that we we you know I got you know from. Frankenclaws, as well as my wife got me a couple of these, as well as my dad bought a bunch of these for me. So I don't think I bought any of these. Um, uh, but all of <laughs> all of these I I have a lot of them. I have a ton of reading to do. I've read a lot of them, that they're well done, they're well put together, the artwork's great. The the cons are just minimal compared to what you're gonna get. So like don't take any of of that stuff uh you know to heart it it these things are awesome we wouldn't even do an entire episode if we didn't think these things were something that people should go out and buy i think uh i think that dark horse did a an awesome job with bringing these back and uh
1: yeah you definitely everybody should go out and get these yeah they're these these books are definitely beautiful it's like glossy paper the colors are just super vibrant. I mean these comics are really clean so they did a great job with these. Uh, you know, I love the paper and the the covers like they're just really well made. so yeah, not that we work for them or anything but yeah I highly recommend checking them out. Um, but yeah, that's all that I had to say on on this topic. Anything else, Tom before we uh, we call this thing a night? Nope, that'll do it. All right, cool. So uh, that is going to do it for this episode of the jack lantern Press podcast. For more about the Monster Universe and the Monster Revolution that's upon us, go to jackolanternpress.com. There you'll also find our book, Transylvania Traveler, which is a humorous travel guide to and through the Monster Universe. And you can call our pumpkin hotline and leave us a message with any questions, suggestions, or your impressions of the show at 323-761-0276. And if you enjoy the show, please give us a rating and a review. It's a big help for the podcast, and we would greatly appreciate it. Now to take us out. uh, We usually like to play a clip from a Halloween Sounds album that Tom and I had as kids. And I know I've been saying this a lot, and we've been not doing that lately. (laughs) But, (laughs) But because this evening's episode has ties with one of the coolest theme songs of all time, we just had to do it. So here's Danny Elfman's closing track for the TV series, Tales from the Crypt. As always, thanks for joining us this evening, and we'll meet up again soon in the Pumpkin Patch.